Good morning. My name is Janet Russell, and I'm the pastor of Christian Formation here at Bellingham Covenant Church. Four score and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth on this continent a new nation conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. These words were spoken by Abraham Lincoln at the dedication of the cemetery at Gettysburg in 1863, in the midst of the greatest civil conflict this country has ever endured. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Martin Luther King Jr. proclaimed these words at the Lincoln Memorial in Washington, D.C. in 1963, a century after the Gettysburg Address, a century after Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation. King dreamed of a time when there would be true equality. Memorable words, words that have shaped us as a people and as a nation, but words that we continually continue to struggle with to make a reality. Words. <laughs> they're made powerful by the timing, by what's going on in the world when they're spoken, by that particular things that preceded that moment. They're made powerful by the setting and the location of where they're voiced. And they're made powerful by the use of language. Phrasing, repetition, using allusions heavy with implications. They're made powerful by the life and character of the person communicating. Our text today that Nancy read, we know is the Great Commission. It's powerful for all of these reasons. The timing, the setting, the language, and the person communicating all point to how important these words are and why we need to pay attention to them. First, the timing matters. It takes place right after the crucifixion of Jesus and his miraculous resurrection. The Marys find an empty tomb and an angel tells them he's not here. He's risen. Go tell the disciples he's going ahead of them to Galilee and there they will see Jesus. And on their way, the Marys meet Jesus who also tells them, go tell the disciples, go to Galilee, and there they will see Jesus. And then we read in the verse 16, the disciples went to Galilee and they saw Jesus, just as the angel and just as Jesus had told them. Quite the buildup for what he's going to say in Galilee. Second, <clears throat> the setting matters. Why Galilee? Why a mountain? In Matthew 4, Jesus began his ministry in Galilee. Matthew tells us this was to fulfill what was said by the, the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah said, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. To Matthew, Galilee was where a light has dawned. Galilee was where Jesus' ministry began and flourished. And now in Galilee, he commissions his disciples to their ministry of being light for the people living in darkness. A light has dawned. And it says 
they went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. For Matthew, important events happen on mountains. Jesus preaches the Sermon on the Mount, revealing what the kingdom looks like. Jesus is transfigured on a mountain, revealing who Jesus really is. And now Jesus gives us the Great Commission on a mountain, revealing Jesus' authority and presence and charging us to share his message and life with others. Mountains signify divine revelation. God shows up and shows or tells us something vital. So timing matters, setting matters, and language matters. In our text, the language is strong and unequivocal and full of allusions and deeper meanings. The writer uses specific words and grammar and repetition to show the importance of what is being communicated. I only have time for a few examples. But Jesus tells them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. It brings to mind Daniel 7, where Daniel had a vision of one like the Son of Man, and he was given authority, glory and sovereign power. All nations and peoples of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away. Matthew intentionally uses the same words in Daniel for being given authority and referring to all nations. So we see the connection. Jesus' authority is an everlasting dominion that will never pass away. And we are to make disciples of all nations and peoples of every language. So they will worship him as Daniel prophesied. And Jesus concludes with And surely, which connotes certainty. Literally, it means, behold, look, take note. I am with you always to the very end of the age. And I am with you always. And let me say it again in another way so you know that I really mean it. To the very end of the age. (laughs) One more. You can't really catch it in the English, but in the Greek, it pops out. Matthew repeats a phrase that we translate all, everything, always. In the Greek, it's the same phrase again and again. All authority, all nations, teaching them to obey all I have commanded you. Surely I am with you always. He has complete, utter authority and sends us to every single nation And we are to teach the fullness of all that Jesus taught. No cherry picking. And he, Jesus, is with us. He's here all the time for all eternity. (laughs) Jesus is not soft selling this. He could not have chosen vocabulary that could be any more expansive or encompassing. So the timing matters. The setting. The language matters. And last but not least, the person speaking. Who they are, their life and character, shape how we hear their words. These words were spoken by Jesus, God with us, risen Lord with Daniel's seven authority, 
absolute, everlasting dominion over everything. The Magi worshipped him as a newborn. The disciples worshipped him on this mountain. He is worthy of our worship, of our devotion, of our obedience. The timing, the setting, the language, the person speaking, it is as if there's a huge highlighter through these words. He's putting it in bold and underlining it for us. And what does Jesus say? All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Because Jesus died on the cross for us and rose from the dead, because he has been given all authority and because he is worthy of our worship and allegiance, therefore, go and make disciples. Share the good news of who Jesus is and what he's done and give voice by your words and how you live. Encourage and invite others to explore what it means to experience life with Jesus. And then when they choose to follow Jesus, baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Baptism expresses our belonging to, our allegiance to God. And we go under those waters, leaving our self-centered life, and we rise to live a God-centered life. We baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And this is Trinity Sunday, when we recognize the love and the fellowship of our three-person God. It is clear that Jesus assumes his place in the Trinity. He's the Son. He is fully God, and he invites us to this fellowship of the Trinity. We are baptized into their love and live to express their heart that all people would know the wonder of such love. But baptism just begins the journey. We need to be taught, so we need to be teaching to obey everything Jesus commanded. Now, this isn't just a list of rules to be memorized. This is a whole new way of life, a whole new way of being. God's way, not ours. Jesus taught it, and he showed us how. He touched the leper showed compassion for the adulterous woman. He welcomed the sinner. He raised up the Samaritan. He forgave those who deserted him. And he went to the cross for us. A light has dawned. The Great Commission is not just some encouraging footnote that Matthew has tacked on at the end of his gospel. This is not a request or a recommendation. It isn't optional in the Christian life. It's not just meant for some super Christians. We are all called to go to all the nations. Well, most of the flights are canceled now, but we have family and neighbors and phones and internet. We are to make disciples for Jesus, to share who he is and what he desires us to be. A light has dawned. 
Now, I have to tell you that I planned this sermon beginning with the words of Lincoln and King before we had ever heard of the name George Floyd. The timing gives it added poignancy, doesn't it? Their words, a call for racial righteousness and equality, have inspired and shaped us. But as evident in these last past weeks, we have a long way to go to live into their reality. Jesus gave us this great commission, and here too we struggle to live into that reality. How do we teach a way of life so contrary to what the world portrays? How do we be people who live out this life? How do we be people who are merciful, peacemakers, pure in heart? How do we become people who treat all people, not just the ones we agree with, with respect and dignity and honor as the image bearers of God that they truly, truly are? How do we be people who love our enemies, give to the needy, pray, don't judge, people who take the big logs out of our own eyes before trying to dig the speck out of someone else's? Thankfully, we are not left on our own. Jesus is truly always with us. He equips, he empowers, he gives us nudges and words and boldness and creativity and whatever we need. He's here all the time. Jesus was the light that shined in Galilee. And now we are the light in Bellingham and to the nations. We may struggle to live out that reality, but our words matter, our lives matter. This time, this place, the language we use, our lives and character, they matter. The people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. Oh, brothers and sisters, how our world needs to see this light shine. Through the darkness, the unrest, the division, the pain, and the grief. Oh, go, please go, and be this light. Let's pray. Triune God, we are humbled and convicted that you would speak such words to us. Humbled that you invite us into the embrace of the triune God. Humbled that the God of the universe has a purpose for us. And convicted that we struggle so much to live the reality. Help us, Lord, to be bold in sharing what we know to be true. And help us, Lord, to live out the life we are learning from you. May those living in darkness see the light of justice, mercy, and compassion shining through us. May they see your grace and healing lived out. And may they know a light has dawned. Amen.